Is it time to make hockey violent again? And the Maple Leafs roster as is, how far can this team go? Or do they need to make moves before the season begins? All that's coming up right here, TSN 1050. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. Here we go, 11 o'clock on the dot. What's up, Toronto? This is Toronto Today. TSN 1050 wheels with you until 1 o'clock. I love the good mood tunes on a dark, gloomy, rainy day. It's fitting. I got a smile on my face, and we're going to bring it over the next two hours right here on this program. I'm glad everyone survived Eclipse Palooza yesterday. For all the warnings not to stare at the sun, and I I was out of here at around 1.30, yesterday, and I kind of didn't want to look up. little nervous, little on edge. Did anyone, anyone hear of one case of someone's retinas or eyes being burnt to a crisp, going blind. I haven't heard of one case. I think it's fear-mongering. That's what it is. If you stared at the sun, you were probably okay. Let me know. The text is 1050.50. Email live at tsn1050.ca, at WheelerTSN on Twitter. Let me know if you know of anyone who is now blind from looking at the sun yesterday. I, I mean, I haven't heard of a case. And I just want to know for future eclipses whether the wool is being pulled over, pulled all over all of our eyes. All oh, let me spit that out. The wool is being pulled over all of our eyes. That's tough to spit out. The phone lines are open as well. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. We're going to ask you today. Is it time we make hockey violent again? You heard me say it off the top. The owner of Violent Gentleman, quality clothing company. The the brand speaks volumes. It's cool, it's trendy, and it makes a point. A lot of my buddies wearing hats, wearing gear that says make hockey violent again, which got me thinking, and we've been trying to track down the owner for quite some time, Mike Hammer. What a name, Mike Hammer. That's a solid handle. He's going to check into the program, and I think he's on to something here. Because I don't know about you out there, but when I watch hockey today, it hardly resembles the sport that I grew up watching, falling in love with. I think part of the intrigue, what makes or made hockey great to begin with, was the fact that these guys were warriors that go out onto the ice and do things that I wouldn't do. Do the unimaginable. They dropped their gloves, fisticuffs on ice. The physicality of the sport was there. But all of a sudden in recent years, things have gotten way much, way more softer. Less hitting. There's games that you can watch half a period and you're like, was there a body check? Lack of body contact. Instead, players slashing away, doing these cheap little plays that endanger the players. But it's done less face-to-face. 
that whole art of, hey, you're picking on my star player. You're picking on me. You're trying to take advantage. Let's drop the gloves man-to-man. That's all gone by the wayside. Fighting is way down. Violence, quote-unquote, in hockey is way down. Is that a problem for the sport? Let me know. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. And 1-855-591-6876. I think it's a real issue. I like UFC. I like boxing. I like NFL football. I like hockey when it's played with a level of violence and a level of physicality. And when you take that away, it lacks something for me. It's a bunch of guys skating around really fast. So we'll get more into that over the course of today's program. Also, today's poll question has to do with the Maple Leafs. I wanted to do a lot of hockey talk today. And I know some people roll their eyes and say, well, hockey talk in August? Well, do you think in Dallas they weren't talking about NFL football in June? Or in L.A. they're not talking L- Lakers basketball in August? Like, we're Toronto. We're the mecca of hockey. We can talk about hockey whenever we want. And when we do, people hit me up, whether it's on Twitter or text or whatever, and say thank you for talking puck. So we're going to do some of that today. The BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp's going on. I had Josh Hosang on the show yesterday. The Maple Leafs were a topic. And I'm just looking at this Maple Leafs roster, and I'm wondering what they are heading into the new season as the roster stands right now. If you were to ask me, there's at least a move to be made, and that's addressing the back end. I'm still not convinced that they're good enough defensively to truly be a definitive playoff team or borderline contender. And if you look across the NHL right now, just go ahead, look at the rosters. How many teams are relying upon young, unproven players on entry-level contracts? Because they have to because of the salary cap. And and I'm not going to rant and rave about the salary cap today. I'm going to leave that alone. But teams are forced to go young, and overall the product's watered down because you don't have those stud teams. Those teams that are head and heels better than everyone else. From the best team to teams that are borderline playoff teams, it's close. There's not much that separates the bunch. There's parity, at least on paper. So this Maple Leafs team, and this is our poll question, you can weigh in at WheelerTSN on Twitter. The text is 1050.50. The email, live at tsn1050.ca. Is this Maple Leafs, or let me try this again. This Maple Leafs roster, as it stands right now, is blank this season. Here are your options. A contender, a definite playoff team, a bubble playoff team, or outside the playoffs. So this Maple Leafs roster, as it stands, is blank this season. A contender, a definite playoff team, a bubble playoff team, outside the playoffs. Have your say at Wheeler TSN. The text is 1050.50. The email live at tsn1050.ca. And the phone lines are open. Let's light up these phone lines today, Toronto. Let's talk some puck. I want to hear from you on making hockey violent again. Because I'm getting violent with my chair right here. And on the Maple Leafs heading into the new season, 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. The phone lines are starting to light up. Before I get there, I want to play you what Tucker Carlson, this dweeb that's on Fox News, what he had to say. Because we all saw that it was like everywhere yesterday. Donald Trump looking up. And and I'm not one of those guys. I'm not making this political. Trust me, we're not going to be that show. 
I, I don't want to go there. But Donald Trump, like many people probably did yesterday, looked up at the looked up at the eclipse without glasses on. It was short. Of course, there's not going to be any damage. But he did that. And here's what Tucker Carlson had to say on Fox News. This is also going to come up in our WTF seg- uh, segments. Uh, one of the most outrageous things that you've ever heard. Entire country saw at least 60% of the sun covered up by the moon. Even the president saw it, but in a move that is not a complete surprise, he looked directly at the sun without any glasses. Perhaps the most impressive thing any president's ever done. What? You are fake news. One of the most impressive things any president has ever done was was taking a look at the eclipse without glasses on. <laughs> that had to be tug-in-cheek, right? Wrong. No, it had to be tug-in-cheek. What a guy! What? No, no, not seeing a country out of a great recession or depression, or seeing a country through a world war, or helping a country through a stock market collapse. No, no, no. It was looking up at the eclipse without glasses. Four one six eight seven zero ten fifty. Our first caller wants to talk about the eclipse. Let's go to my my uh, the place I lived for about how long did I live there? Uh, Eighteen years of my young life. Let's go to Burlington. Dave, you're on TSN 1050. What's going on today, Dave? Not much. How are you doing? Good. You want to talk eclipse here? Well, you're just talking about if people actually can damage their eyes. And I actually had a friend who uh, she looked at the eclipse. It was, I don't know when the last one was, but she actually damaged both the lenses in her eyes and had to have them surgically replaced. Really? So yeah. when, when did this happen? God, I can't remember that how many years ago it was, but she, uh, yeah, it was like within 24, 36 hours after looking up, her vision started to go. She didn't damage her retina, which wow. was good, but she had, she had to have surgery on both eyes. No, no. And her, and her vision still isn't the same. That is terrible to hear. Now, oh, was she staring at the eclipse or did she just look up at it? Uh, I guess she looked at it for a little bit. It wasn't an extremely long period of time from what she says, but... I guess uh, long enough that uh, she has permanent damage. Okay, so it's legit. It's completely legit. So I shouldn't be one of those people that are saying that uh, the the media, we're all being fear mongers here. Yeah, I I wouldn't test it. Okay. No good. (laughs) Because I I did not hear of one case coming from yesterday of someone damaging their eyes. But there you go. Maybe it's one of those things that kind of happens um, later on. But thanks for that, Dave. Really appreciate that. Dave, dropping the knowledge. He knows someone whose eyes were damaged from the eclipse. I thank you, Dave, so I can't call out people anymore. Okay, what fun is that? So let's talk making hockey violent again, and let's talk the Maple Leafs. Do you want to see hockey made violent again? Or are you happy with the direction that it's going? 416-870-1050, And the Maple Leafs. The roster as it stands right now, and, and I got opinions on all of this, and, and I'll share them as well. Um, are they a contender, a, def- a definite playoff team, a bubble team, or a team that's not good enough for the playoffs? 416-870-1050-1855-591-6876 at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. The text is 105050. Let's go to Eric and Barry. What's going on in Barry today, Eric? Uh, not much. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. Yeah, us two down here in the city. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about making hockey violent again? Are, are you familiar with Violent Gentlemen? 
Yes, of course. George Peros. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I dig the brand, and I dig the message, and it's certainly a conversation starter. Where do you sit on this? 100%. And uh, right off the hop, I the word violent, like a lot of people will rag on me for this, but the word violent I think is the wrong word to use because it's, it gives the people that don't have enough knowledge ammo to say, you know, violence is wrong, violence is bad. That's not really what it's about. Like you said before, it's just a part of old-time hockey, and I, I would love to meet any person that doesn't want that back in hockey because, like you said, it's gotten soft. How many times have we heard people say in the last year or two, it's a young man's game now, and, you know, and that's too bad because you're going to see guys like Pat Marlowe in the next maybe, I don't know, five, six years. Is, is the age going to come down now for guys retiring? Because it's a young man's well, game. Well, and- it is already. That's why I'm surprised the Maple Leafs gave Marlowe that contract. But uh, above and beyond, like, I don't mind using the word violence because that's what it is. When, when guys are punching each other, that's violent. <laughs> yeah. when, when there's stick work, when there's, big, yeah. when there's body checks, there's violence. But that's one of the things I like about the sport. And I'll tell you what, Eric, there's been so many people that sit uh, behind a microphone in the media or write it online or write it in a newspaper that have been anti-violence and anti-physicality ad hockey for so long. This conversation's been going on for years where the debate on radio or television or in the newspaper or online was, is that a good hit? Is that a bad hit? What about that hit? What about that play? Where that's where the conversation went instead of being about the game. We in the media really created this movement towards softening the game of hockey. And unfortunately, as much as they tried, the caretakers of the game, they bended. They bended to the pressure, and look where we are now. It's a game for me that's less watchable. It's very fast, but it has less of that edge that really made hockey and separated hockey from other sports here in North America. Yeah, you're right. And and uh, thankfully, the Leafs were really exciting to watch last year. Other, otherwise, you know, I, like you said, uh, I wouldn't have watched nearly as much hockey as as, um, as I would if, like you said, if there was more physicality in the game. Yeah, and why can't you have both? Like, why yeah. can't you have like this young, exciting team with some guys who also bring a level of physicality, a level of violence to the play? To me, yeah. they're not mutually exclusive. No. Thanks for the phone call, Eric. Really appreciate that. 416-870-1050. Do you want to see hockey made violent again? And the Maple Leafs, what do you think about this roster as it stands now? Are they a playoff team or not? Let's go to Markham Sanjeev. Welcome to the program. You want to talk to Buds? Hi, Garrett. How are you? Good, pal. You? Well, you know, I'm not happy with all the rest of the Toronto teams, like the Jays and everybody, but I'm just hoping that the Leafs make it to the playoffs and they do very good. I'm a very long, die-hard Leaf fan, and uh, I hope with the acquisitions of uh, the three players they have, uh, they should be able to do uh, very good. You like their offseason. You like the moves of picking up Marlowe, Moore, and Hainsey. Yeah, yeah. See, I I think that this offseason leaves much to be desired. For me, going and bringing in older players, all older than the age of 36, at a time where the league is trending younger. 
and faster and maybe even cheaper. Uh, that wasn't what I would have liked to see from this Maple Leafs team. For me, there's still that one move away to convince me that they're a definite playoff team, and that's bolstering the back end. I don't like the idea of Ron Hainsey being Morgan Riley's partner on the back line. For me, he's a third-pairing guy, not a top-pairing guy, and until you bring in someone to play alongside Morgan Riley, I have some serious questions about this team, Sanjeev. I know. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for the phone call. Let's go out to Hamilton, the hammer. Mark, you want to talk about making hockey violent again. Do you want to see the game bring its physicality back? Well, here's what I think. Uh, being that i played for so many years, I've seen all the sides. Hockey's a reactionary game. So, unfortunately, something happens and it brings you to a point where you're going to burst and you make a reaction to something that happens like a, an elbow to the face. It might be accidentally, but it, it causes you to react in such a way that you want to go after that guy. That's hockey. Unfortunately, that's the game that we play. In football, it's a little different. On the other side of it, my problem is I looked last, when I watched last year and I watched Austin Matthews, you know, I saw some points that I really didn't like. Uh, and I hate to jump off the bandwagon, but, you know, we had a time where Matt Martin was in the corner with three guys on him, and Austin Matthews didn't do a thing, okay? My problem is if Matt Martin is there or a guy like that to protect Austin Matthews, okay, I understand that, and that, that should be part of the game because if you're going to take liberties in most days, like a guy like Jacques Lemaire, Nobody touched that guy out of respect, first of all. Second of all, they knew that as soon as they did it, a guy by the name of John Ferguson was probably going to jump all over him. Okay? So, yes, in a way, I like to see it back in hockey because it's a necessary tool. On the other side of things, you know what? It's nice to see open hockey, but from, from my perspective, last year was like non-contact hockey. Exactly. But and frankly, the other problem with this hockey that they're playing now, none of these kids grow up to learn how to throw a check. Nope. It's, the checks are to the head. They don't know how to use their shoulder. I've never seen anything like it. Nobody teaches them how to block a shot. Uh, it's, it's bizarre. And you know what? Where's the Bill Whites and the guys on defense like the Shea Webers again who actually can, can knock a body out of the crease? Can can move a player. Mark, it's look look at the crazy. look look at the Maple Leafs blue line. Like look at the way that it's constructed. Riley, Gardner, Zaitsev, Carrick, like Marinson, like which one of these guys is gonna lay a body on anyone? And and we've got to a point where you don't have to because physicality has been taken out of the game. And and listen, teams are blocking shots. Like players are committed. I get that, but you're onto something with with the lack of hitting. That's why you see. NHL and their board of governors and the league now is talking about how to take slashing away from the game because players and their stick work is now a major problem and putting players at harm. Look at the, the Crosby Goudreau from last year. You're getting all that crap because you've taken away the true physicality and there's no repercussions for your actions in the game. It's a real I, problem. I agree, and I think on the other side of that too, what you've got now is you've got guys like you got guys randomly doing things like that. And it's like Goudreau there, 
nobody, like, what bothers me is nobody from the team stepped up. Nope. Like, where was that? Yeah. And, and do, you know what, do you know what happens now, Mark? And when you do make a move, so the Penguins trade for Ryan Reeves over the course of the offseason, people mock the Penguins. When Matt Martin's not made available in the expansion draft, people mock the Maple Leafs and say, well, how, why are you keeping Matt Martin? The, the, I, I think that the media and people talking about it are setting things up so that people feel pressure and there's a trickle-down effect to get rid of the physicality and keep on getting rid of it from the game. So, yeah, and you know what? Everybody in the dressing room wants Matt Martin. Exactly. Thanks for the phone call, Mark. I, I got a ton of phone lines lit up, so I got to take some. But thanks for the call. Great call from Hamilton. Where, where do you want to go next? Let's go up to beautiful Orangeville. Dan, you want to make hockey violent again? Or you want to give me the beep with the line hung up on me? Let's go to Sam in Stouffville. Wants to talk Leafies. What's going on, Sam? Hey, how's it going? Good, pal. Uh, so yeah, I just want to talk about the Leafs. Um, I think they're a play or a bubble team this year. The only reason I say that is they got too many rookies on the team. That even last year going into the playoffs, I was feeling I was kind of hoping they wouldn't make it, just because I'm feeling the sophomore slump from all those guys, kind of like what Calgary did the year previously. And I just don't know if they're quite ready to fully excel. Um, but yeah, like the bringing in Hainsey and all those veterans, I think helps the back end a little bit just so they get some more experience. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that that's something that not many people have been talking about, the idea of a sophomore slump, and the Calgary Flames are a good comparable there. For me, there's 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 a couple things. How's Marner? How's, how are Matthews going to play now that the league knows them a little bit more? Throw Nylander into that conversation as well. Even more so, I want to see... I want to see Jake Gardner back up what was, I thought, a really good season last year with another one this year because I think a lot of people had bailed on Gardner heading into last year, but he was impressive. Let's see what Freddie Anderson's second year with the Blue and White's going to look like. I don't think that this team is a slam dunk because you need to see more from them. Is there potential? Is the ceiling high? Absolutely. No one would say otherwise. But are they a complete team right now? Are there still question marks? Absolutely. I'm totally with you on that one. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just, They're still young. they still got to find themselves in the league. And that's, that's hopefully they find it again this year. But I'm still, there's too many rookies on the team or young guys, and especially they got guys coming up still. Sure. I still think we're two years away from really making an impact. And, 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 and this is my thing, Sam. Like, if they take a step back this year, that's okay. It's not I'm the end of the that. world. The program is in place. The future looks bright. But it makes very little sense to bring in three players, 36 and older, into this team if you're not thinking about winning right now or you aren't prepared to make that push. And I think that this team is. And if you look at their wing position, they have far too many players for too few positions. Like, look, look at your wings right now. Marlowe, Van Riemsdyk, Hyman, Komarov, Nylander, Marner, Brown, Martin. Those are potentially guys who are going to start. What about Soshnikov? What about Kapanen? What about Levo? You go down, there's NHL-ready bodies that are there that can play. And for me, you can trade from that position of great depth and address the the back end. They're loaded loaded up front, so they can make a move for a defenseman. I think they're just waiting for the right one to become available. That's not going to kill them. But, yeah, they need a defenseman, a shutdown defenseman that's physical, but that can also help out on the power play, I think. Good stuff, Sammy. Appreciate the phone call. Let's squeeze in one more. Tyler in North York, do you want to make hockey violent again? 
No. <laughs> no? Okay, explain, sir. Well, I mean, honestly, when you watch the sport now, for me, I personally I think it's the best it's ever been uh, when I watch it. Um, I mean, yeah, back in the day, you used to get the entertainment when guys were swinging sticks and with the can openers and all that fun stuff. But now when you watch guys with the inside-out edges and the way they play like a Tavares or a Matthews, it, it, it just leaves so much more room for progression with these guys. They, they they look better than they've ever been. But can't you have both? Why can't you have that's That's the argument that I don't understand. If your top six, your top nine are real high-skilled players, but you still have that element of physicality and aggressiveness when you fill out the rest of your roster, what's wrong with that? Well, I think for me, it's just a, a lot of these guys wouldn't do the stuff that they can do now, right? When you're in the... When you're in uh, within like 20 feet of the net, when they go around the net and they make those moves in the inside out, when they when they basically turn their bodies to make shots in different areas they've never been able to do it, it's because usually there was a guy coming out to take off their head. You know what I mean? Like in, in so many circumstances, you ran into guys like Paul Correa and Eric Lindros that had all their careers shortened. I would hate to see Austin Matthews go down from a hit to the head. But like, hockey's uh, a dangerous sport. Sorry, Tyler. Hockey's a dangerous sport. It's always been dangerous. Uh, you kind of know the threat when you go on the ice. And you talk about all these moves in front of the net. Shooting percentage is way down. And do you know why? The game is too fast. Their hands, yeah. the players' hands can't keep up with it. So you've got a bunch of players skating around the ice really fast, oftentimes recklessly, doing what? It's just, if you want to see guys skate around really fast, speed skating's probably the sport for you. I like to think that there's a little bit more to the game of hockey. Yes, skill. Yes, the ability to finish, the flash, the flair. But also the physicality, the violence, the aggressiveness. It's been part of hockey since day number one, and I don't want it to go anywhere. Well, and I think you're absolutely right in that aspect. I do miss some of the physicality in some of these games because they're watered-down games. But that's when uh, O-Dog and... Noodles made really good points, too. 82 games is too much for that much physicality. Hey, I'm with you on that one, but it's been said so many times, owners aren't going give to up, give up games, right? Like, so, unfortunately, I'm totally with them on that. Absolutely. There are too many games. The demand is too much on these players, even though they're getting taken care of better than they ever have before. But with that being said, the product would be better with less games. But overall, for me... And, and not being a Canadian hockey nerd, if you want to sell the game to the masses, I think violence sells. It sells in the octagon, it sells in the ring, it sells on the gridiron, and it sells on the ice as well. And they've taken away that element of the game of hockey. So, they got to reap what they sow, right? Thanks for the phone call, Tyler. I, I appreciate that people like where the game is going now. I'm not saying that anyone's an idiot or you're off base. I'm saying what I prefer and what I believe others prefer as well. Keep on having your say. The text is 1050.50. The email live at tsn1050.ca, at WheelerTSN on Twitter. We'll take some more of your phone calls in a few moments' time. I'm going to welcome in my good buddy, Rob Longley, from Sun Media, the Toronto Sun. He was down at Wrigley this weekend. I want to know what needs to be done to capture the same baseball, sporting, fun vibe down at the Rogers Centre. Like, how can we create the experience you have at Wrigley, at Fenway, at some of the great American ballparks right here in Toronto? We'll have that conversation next. Wheels with you till 1 p.m. This is TSN 1050 in Toronto.
Man, people are fired up today. He's sprinkling a little puck talk. People go nuts. Ray hit me up at Wheeler TSN. Hockey needs to be like it used to be. They sign up and get paid based on knowing the risks. Play and get paid or sit down. Like, listen, that's the harsh reality of it. Hockey's a physical game where the physicality started to be taken out of the game. Make hockey violent again. You subscribe to that. Let me know. The text is 10-50-50 at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. What's up, Toronto? Gareth Wheeler with you. Um, that's one of the topics today. We're talking about the Maple Leafs and this roster as it stands right now and making hockey violent again. But yesterday on the program, coming off a spectacular weekend in Chicago for the Toronto sports fan, thousands went down. Well, at least it seemed like thousands went down to Wrigley Field and had a true, authentic sporting experience. And I raised the question yesterday, what can Toronto do to make the Sky Dome great again? I mean, it's hard coming back and watching games here after having an experience like you had over the course of the weekend. I want to welcome in my good buddy from Post Media, Toronto Sun, at Longley Sun Sports on Twitter. It is the one, the only, Rob Longley. Uh, do you want to make hockey violent again, Rob? We'll start I with fully, that one. fully endorse that movement, Wheels. Thanks, 100%. buddy. We're having the owner of Violent Gentlemen, that brand, come on next hour of the program. And I just think it's a great talking piece. For so long, it's been about player safety and this and, like... I think what drew people to hockey to begin with was the fact you wouldn't only see skill and outstanding plays on the ice, but you'd see a level of physicality as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go anywhere in the States, or anywhere in Canada for that matter, and the biggest cheers other than goals are for hits, yep. not for anything else, really. Totally agree with you. So you were down in Chicago. Let's start there. How special was that experience at Wrigley over the course of the weekend? Oh, you know, it's it's pretty much hard to put it into to words. Wheels um, it, to, to be there and live it and experience it was was quite something else. And you know, you you got to give the, the Jays fans credit for finding ways to get tickets to this this stadium. And I mean, obviously, when the schedule came out, thousands said, "Hey, this is the one time we're probably going to get to see it, the Jays at Wrigley. Let's let's get on it." You know, it's a, a summer weekend in the Windy City with the air show and 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 one of the great ballparks in America. It was. It, it was just phenomenal, and the way that the Cubs fans and the and the and the staff at Wrigley at Wrigley Field uh, treated the Toronto fans was just added to the experience. It was uh, it was something to see. And you know, I talked to a number of people, and, and the estimates were that that, that there was about twenty five percent or a quarter of the stadium was was Toronto fans. And to put that in perspective, that was more than the St. Louis Cardinals get at Wrigley, and and of course the Cardinals are are an actual rival with 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 the Cubs, so. Uh, the, the Chicago people were impressed with the way the Toronto fans showed up and with the way they carried themselves, and it was just really a, a, a top-notch experience all it, the way around. It's the perfect storm, isn't it? Because it's a weekend in the summer in August where, where Jays fans can travel. The Cubs are a hot team, a watchable team. They just won a World Series. They play in a historic ballpark. They have celebrity fans that go out and watch. It's a good party scene. It was really the perfect storm. But I, I look at that experience and I ask myself, well, do we have similar experiences here in Toronto? 
And the Sky Dome, when it's packed, when it's a big ball game, it's great, but that's because of the stakes of the game that's being played. But the overall experience, you can't touch what you had at Wrigley over the course of the weekend. But it's not just Wrigley, Rob. It's other ballparks as well. Whether it's Fenway, whether it's PNC, you can go down the list of ballparks you've been in this year. Those are quintessential sporting experiences, which I think we're completely lacking up here in Toronto. So what can we do to make the Sky Dome great again? Well, there's no, there's only one real option, and that would be to blow it up. I mean, I guess the option B, which is something that they, something that they've looked at, is is to try to get natural grass in there at least, uh, which several of the domes or stadiums have, by the way. So it's not not impossible. It's very expensive to do it. I mean, you know, I give Toronto fans credit again because when on a good summer day, when or evening, even when that when that roof is open and the place is full, it is a pretty good atmosphere, but. There's no way that you can match any of those gems that you just talked about. And like, even Baltimore, which is celebrating its 20th or 25th anniversary this year, Camden Yards is a great place to watch a ball game as well. It's just it's just impossible to replicate that in Toronto without building a brand-new stadium. And any of the new ballparks that have come along, the one in Cleveland, the one in Detroit especially, and, and others, it's just just a great feel to it. And and, and, and a sterile old dome, it's, it's, it's not possible to... Uh, to recreate those right. uh, those kind of moments. I mean, the, the the Jays have tried to bring character, and they they have done some good things, like making that WestJet flight deck where standing room only. I, I think that was a great idea to use up that space where Windows was. You know, having For the sure. concerts out front on Friday nights, like those are all cool things that they've done to try to amp things up. But even on that hot, sunny day in the summer, Rob, it's like a soup bowl. There's zero circulation within that place. It's this big concrete structure that just keeps in the heat. I find it extremely uncomfortable just to be in at times like that. And you go to little things like character recognizing the history of the ball club, where the Cubs outside of Wrigley, they have statues of Santo and 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 and, and Harry Carey and people that have really kind of formed and been part of the fabric of that organization. The Blue Jays have Ted Rogers. Like it's you know, it's just like little things that you just you just scratch your head and say why. You don't get all wistful when you see the Ted Rogers statue. Here well, comes to my eye, buddy. <laughs> no, it's you know, and, and even like like you said, the. Uh, uh, the, the heat of the building. Wrigley, it was a warm day on Sunday. It was, was hot and it was humid. And and the air circulates around that place. I don't know if whether it's the old wooden structure that that creates that or or what it is. But it's just a it's just a pleasant place to be. And there's no way that there's no way that they can uh, ever fix that in Toronto without building a new stadium. So, uh, Rob Longley joining us right here on Toronto Today. I'm Wheels. In, in terms of what Shapiro has said, like, what is the next step in term of, terms of enhancing the experience? Well, they've, I, mean, I think they'll try to, to, to update some of the concessions and you know, maybe try to create more open spaces. But it's, it's really, they're really confined in, in what they can do. Uh, they can monetize some of the things that are available. But, I mean, really, they're, they're stuck with, with the, the basic structure. From what I've been told, too, the, the idea of of, uh, of putting natural grass in there would, would be just too cost comprehensive. They'd have to, to dig real deep, and you know that the, this, that dome roof. I'm not sure how how flexible it is in terms of opening and closing to, to get the natural sun, sunlight on it as often as you'd like, like to do in places like Seattle and Milwaukee, and even even uh, uh, Marlins Stadium across the way in Miami. It's, I think they're just 
they're just stuck with an old building with a with a poor blueprint to it that will be very, I mean, any improvements they could make would be minimal in my opinion. Right. So which leads to leads down one road really building a new building. I mean, that's what other yeah. markets have done. You know, when the Astrodome or, or what, name your stadium, when it goes out of date, it's time to build a new one. And you can't tell me that the Blue Jays aren't making money. People are coming out in droves. The Blue Jays fans, they're outstanding the way they follow and spend on this team. So why is it out of the realm of a possibility to build a new stadium? Oh, geez, I don't know the financials of that, of that wheels. I mean, I'm sure they try to get government funding to help, but. They are certainly at the point where that is that's the only viable option. And as you said, you know, teams that teams that have had their stadiums become out, outdated in terms of the the, mod, the modern creature comforts that fans have, have become used to and accustomed to when they're paying big money are long gone at that building. So, I mean, the most viable option in the future is is to, is to build a new stadium. I'm not sure if Rogers is willing to do that. I mean, and where would they do that? Would they would they would they would they want to use the same uh, location, which is a perfect location for a ballpark for Toronto fans because of public transit. But I mean, you'd have to you'd have to close you'd have to play somewhere else for a year or two while you built a new stadium. I I don't know how seriously they've looked at it, but you, you have to imagine that the time is coming sooner or later that they'll have to take a good hard look at right. it. Right. I mean, that was that was my biggest takeaway from the weekend. You know, like with all due respect to Donaldson playing shortstop and everything else, it was just that experience that Blue Jays fans had last weekend. And even though they swept, that wasn't the main story. That wasn't the lead story for those fans that were down there. It was how good of a weekend it was. And you know, like it would be great if we can kind of recapture that experience right up here in Toronto. Yes, you're not going to be able to, to to, to make Wrigley happen in Toronto, but certainly you can create a better experience than there is at present time. Yeah, you could create a Camden Yards for sure, right? I mean, right, or, or a PNC Park, which is an, which is another great one. And um, this, this Seattle was outstanding, and they have a roof. Even Milwaukee, which isn't wasn't one of my favorite ones, but it was a, it was far more appealing uh, with the, with the roof closed than, than Toronto is because so much natural light gets in there. That's the problem with the, one of the big problems with the Rogers Center, in my opinion. When that roof is closed, the light is so dull. You can use all the TV lights in the world, and it just doesn't create that feeling of, of warmth. And, and several, like a handful of the stadiums that I've been to this year that have roofs on them have big, big glass fronts, so that at least you can see the outside, and natural light gets in and, and, and sort of enhances the experience that way. Um, Rob, let's just end on this really quickly. Jays are in Tampa tonight in another awful stadium to take on the Rays. For me, the the biggest talking point about the Jays is that aforementioned fact that Josh Donaldson played shortstop. Do you get the sense that this is a short-term situation, you know, really trying to take one of Goins or Barney's bats out of the lineup? Or is this something that they could really pursue longer term considering how bad Tulowitzki's been? It'll be interesting to see see how uh, John Gibbons approaches it. I think part of what he did was at Wrigley was because of the National League rules. He he was trying to get as many of his of his, of his reasonable bats in the lineup, and you know also Darwin Barney made a very poor play in in the loss on Saturday, so he might have just been a little ticked about that. But he did say after the game on Sunday that it's it, it's something that you're going to see a little bit going forward, and and you know you wonder if uh, if and when they slip further out of the playoff race, which is, you know, pretty soon, in my opinion. Um, you know, maybe he gives it a try just to see just to see how Dalton can play it short. And especially if you're a little bit a little bit uncertain about what, what Tulowitzki 
can do. Why not? Why not? Why not uh, find the versatility from these guys? Donaldson loved it, and Batista can play third base. He played a good. He played there a good chunk of his career, especially in Pittsburgh. So it's not beyond the realm. But, but just back to Tampa for a second. How how miserable is that experience going to be for me tonight? Going from the best stadium in the oh. league to maybe the worst one. Oh, good luck with that, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. And, the, and the, the team coming off being swept in Rally yeah. versus Archer. Good luck with that, pal. Hey, Rowley beat Archer last time. If it happens two times in a row, wow. That would be a shocker. It's my lock of the night, Rays over Jays. Uh, thanks for this, go. Rob. Follow him on Twitter at Longley Sun Sports. Read his fine work in the Toronto Sun as well. You're the man, Rob. Enjoy Tampa tonight. Catch up soon. Thanks, Wheels. Rob Longley joining us here on Toronto Today. We have to be able to do better than Skydome right now, don't we? Time for a new stadium. Never mind putting grass in that stadium. It's time to fully pursue a new stadium. Blue Jays are making money. They're killing it. People love the team. They're Canada's team. Build a stadium worthy of the fan base that they have. Uh, More on making hockey violent again. And your thoughts on the Maple Leafs. All that coming up. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050. It's time for a Final Four battle in TSN 1050's Sound Wars. Oh, what a hit that was! This is the worst one for sure. All right, yesterday on Sound Wars, we did it, Naylor. Hayes' reaction to Austin Math or Toronto Maple Leafs winning the draft lottery, that proved victorious. I believe that goes to the final. My only thing with that one, there should be a best before date. Dated! It's old! It happened while I was on my honeymoon! Like, you know, milk is delicious, but when it's past the due date, it's horrible. It's kind of how I feel about that. It's time for Sound Wars, and this is Toronto Today. Wheels with you. The best sound bites are down to the final four. Well, final three now. And you get to decide which one survives this TSN 1050 Sound War, brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Lager. It's sound bite seed number one versus seed number three. Sound bite number one. Um, it's a gooder. Keith Hernandez and Gary Cohen were having what they thought was an off-air conversation about national starter Tanner Roark. Well, it wasn't off-air. It was right there for our listening pleasure. Roark got knocked out in the third inning. Roark's been getting his tits yeah, lit. He really has. Yep. No one's staying alive. Versus soundbite number three, which I think should be number one. My, my, my personal feeling on this. It's Phil Kessel misunderstands Pierre Maguire's post-period question about his cardiovascular fitness. How's your breath? It's, it's not good, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant in terms of conditioning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh. El Clasico. When, when broadcasters say, uh, how's your breath, or the player needs a blow, it's always off-putting. Say he needs a rest, needs a break. A blow or a breath? Like, I don't blame Phil there. It's, how's your fitness? Are you tired? How's your breath? <laughs> exactly, Phil. Go to tsn1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, and vote for your favorite sound bite. Scene number one, Rowar getting his tits lit. It's right in the script, people. Or scene number three, Kessel's not good, eh? 
voting for this final four battle closes tomorrow at 8 a.m. Sam Wars on TSN 1050 is brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Lay Lager at Select Loblaw Grocery Stores. Make hockey violent again. Do you subscribe to that theory? And the Maple Leafs, as its roster stands right now, how good will they be? Phone lines are open, 416-870-1050. Your thoughts next. It's Toronto Today, TSN 1050.